This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary roughness. Unnecessary roughness. I think this, that somewhere within the first five to ten plays of the game, the other team's quarterback must go down. And he must go down hard. It's unnecessary roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Big hole. First down. End zone. Touchdown. Touchdown, Raiders. Would you believe it? This is unnecessary roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q. And here we are, Raider Nation, back in the home studios after a week away. We're in L.A. covering Super Bowl 56. It was great to get back to Las Vegas. It was great to get back into my own bed. Put my head down on my own pillow, and we were good to go. But, yeah, we're here now for the next couple hours, coming off the heels of JT the Brick. Fantastic show. And, uh, yeah, ready to rock and roll with you for the next couple hours here today. And it's officially the offseason. Officially the offseason now that the Los Angeles Rams are your Super Bowl 56 champions, taking down the Bengals 23-20. I thought a fantastic game. I thought a fantastic halftime show. Got a lot to get to coming up on today's show, including a couple of our guests that we'll have on the show. And I'll say this. We did a lot of grinding. This is not me bragging, but we did a lot of grinding last week in L.A. And we had a lot of really good guests on the show. And I really just want to thank all the guests that we had on the show. I can't go through all the whole names, all the names of the, the people right now. But, man, we had so many great guests on the show last week. Not only on our station, but also our sister station, ESPN Las Vegas. Uh, just a, a fantastic show in there in L.A. And I appreciate everyone who tuned in and was able to hear uh, a lot of the action that we brought to you. And uh, that was the first time we've done it for Radio Nation Radio 920, but it will not be the last time. We're already making plans for Arizona. And, of course, when it hits Las Vegas, Super Bowl 58 will go full throttle hard in the paint. So get used to that because we're going to continue to bring that to you each and every day or each and every year. And uh, very excited about that. But coming up on the show today, the guests that we have, just got a couple of them for you. Uh, Tyler Dragon, he's my guy, sports reporter from USA Today Sports Plus. He'll join the show coming up at 2.30 to talk about Super Bowl 56, talk about the Cincinnati Bengals, talk about the Rams. But in particular, he used to cover the Bengals like a glove. So I want to have him on to be able to talk about the way that the Bengals were able to turn things around quick, fast, and in a hurry. They went from being a two-win team to being a Super Bowl. They lost, but they were in the Super Bowl. So that happened in a very short amount of time. Remember, Joe Burrow didn't even play his whole rookie year because he tore his ACL. And, hell, we might find out a little bit later on that he tore his ACL again. I mean, we just don't know. Uh, did find out earlier today that Odell Beckham Jr. tore his ACL, which is very unfortunate. He's about to hit free agency, and so that's going to limit his market, I'm sure. Uh, but I think he's going to ultimately end up back with the the Rams. But, yeah, that's that's it's never good when any player gets injured. But th- those two guys in particular, you saw Judge Joe Burrow, he looked really banged up. Now, he finished the game, but he looked really banged up. And then, of course, Odell Beckham Jr. went out and never returned, and that ended up being a torn ACL. So Tyler Dragon's going to join us at 2.30. 3 o'clock, I'm going to bring back Cover 3, NFL News and Notes of the Day, something that I started to do when we first got this show started uh, here back in July. But it never really took off because – we always had a lot of calls or we had a lot of texts or we had some subject or maybe we had a guest that came up. So it never really got off the off the ground. But now that it's off season, I think it'd be smart to go ahead and do that and, and just give you a little bit of news and notes uh, on the daily of what's going around the NFL. Because the one thing I've learned is that the NFL never sleeps. 
There is no offseason. There may not be games, but there is no offseason. There's always storylines each and every day when it comes to the NFL. So I'd like to try to bring that to you every day. Uh, sometimes it's going to change with times. Like John McClain will be on the show tomorrow at 3, so I won't be able to do it at 3 o'clock tomorrow. But I'm going to try to find a consistent little home for Cover 3 NFL news and notes of the day. So we're going to do that today at 3 o'clock. Then at 3.30, Faven K from Fox 5 News. She's going to join the show. She was actually at Super Bowl 56. And it's funny, I saw the tweet that caught my attention was, just here for the halftime show. Just here for the halftime show, which was a fantastic one. Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, Mary J. Blige, Kendrick Lamar, uh, Eminem, and even an appearance by uh, Big 50. And uh, I'm going to call him Big 50 because he was swollen. That dude was big. And I'm not mad at him. Hey, look, he's obviously doing really well with power. That's a, it's a really good show. Uh, he's a producer of it. Uh, he's making that bread, and, and he looked like he was eating well. He looked like whatever table he was eating at is a table that I, I wish I could eat at once or twice. You know, a month, not even a week, just once or twice a month. 50 Cent was doing his thing. Uh, so I thought it was a great fan, uh, 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 halftime show. But we'll talk to Faven about the game, the electricity of the game, and also the electricity of the halftime show when it hit. Because I know I was over at, uh, at Jess and Jason's house uh, yesterday watching the game right here in Las Vegas. And we had enough electricity just in the house watching that. I mean, everyone, the wife, the daughter, we were all pumped up when, when the halftime show hit. So I could imagine what the stadium's energy was like. So uh, we'll talk to Faven at 3.30 about all that. And then at 3.45, uh, I teased it a couple times on Friday that we were going to run an interview with James Jones, former, uh, former Raider wide receiver, and also he works for NFL Network. He was a Green Bay Packer wide receiver, won a Super Bowl with the Packers. Uh, I teased that interview probably three or four times on Friday uh, last week while we were in LA and I never got around to it for one reason or the other I thought I was going to end up doing the whole uh, four hours I, th- I didn't know if Vinny was going to join the show then all of a sudden he comes strolling into the convention center so I was like well here you go you can have your show back so I, I just never got around to it but I thought it was a really good conversation and I'm actually going through all the interviews that we did last week because I know that we have a handful of interviews that never got played one by by you know one way, one way or the other it never got played. Edward James almost was one, and I didn't do the interview. Adam Hill and uh, Ed Graney did the interview, but it's a funny interview. It's a really funny interview. So it's something that we'll probably bring to the table at some point as well. I got to edit it a little bit because they uh, they may have dropped a, a bleep here or a bleep there that uh, is not radio friendly. But uh, there's a there's a couple of interviews that I want to go through and see if they're still airable or not because I hate to do all the work and then not be able to use them. But, man, we had so much that we did over the course of the week last week that that there was no way all of it was going to get played. So you'll hear that conversation with James Jones probably close out the show about 345 with that conversation. Of course, Raider Nation want to hear from you throughout the course of the show. Got a lot to get to. Matter of fact, while we're talking about it, let's go ahead and jump into the opening drive. The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 is brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. There's a few subjects that I wanted to talk about on today's show, but since today is Valentine's Day, I pulled out the red polo because it was, it's, you know, it's Valentine's Day. I didn't pull it out because I was in an angry mood. Even though I had reason to be angry, once I got back to Las Vegas, had to replace my laptop, replace my headphones, do all that good stuff. So that gave me reason to be angry. But today's Valentine's Day. So, uh, you know, myself and the wife will go out to dinner a little bit later. My buddy Otis is in town. Uh, A lot of folks from Texas are in town. So we're going to go meet up with them. We have some reservations at a nice little spot to have dinner at. So we're going to do that a little bit later. So that's cool. But since it's the spirit of Valentine's Day, I want to throw it out there for you, Raider Nation. I want to hear from you on the Sam and Ash text line at 69187, keyword R&R. And also, I want to hear from you on the Raider Nation listener line at 702-365-9200. In the spirit of Valentine's Day, name one player 
that you'd like to see the Raiders marry and one player you'd like to see them break up with. One player that's on the roster right now that you say, you know what? They, they can move forward without that guy. That guy, not, not that we're trying to be disrespectful, but it's Valentine's Day, and sometimes you just got to make a break. Sometimes you got to break up with someone. Sometimes that relationship isn't just what it's supposed to be, what you thought it was going to be, and you've just got to break. And then there's some that you look at and say, that player was so damn good, they need to put a ring on it. Go on and put a, you know, go on, give them some years, give them a couple years, give them some guaranteed money, make that happen. It could be someone who is playing all the time. It could be a starter. You know, it could be, hell, it could be Josh Jacobs. You could say, you know what, go ahead, pick up that fifth-year option on him and start working on that contract extension. I'm not trying to influence you. I want to hear from you. Who is a player that you'd like to see the, the Raiders put a ring on it with? And who's a player that you say, you know what, I think it's time for a breakup. It's been, it's been nice. It's cool. It's not you. It's me. <laughs> you know, what, what's, all the, what's all the typical breakup lines? It's not you. It's me. <laughs> We've all heard that before, right? In this situation, it's definitely them. Yeah, but you know what's funny? I got broke up with one time, and it was so funny. Me and and, and the girl, matter of fact, it was Cheryl. Cheryl from Livermore. Anyway, it was Cheryl, and she was talking to me on the phone, and she was like, hey, uh," and I don't know why I fell for the okie doke, but she was like, hey, um, let's pretend that we're breaking up because I was at my buddy's house, at my buddy's Chris's house. And he's like, well, just let's break, uh, pretend that we're breaking up and, and see what their reaction is. And I was like, oh, cool. That sounds great. And so we did, right? So we broke up. And, I, and so I started acting like I was mad. I was like, you know what? I'm really angry that we're, we're broken up. And then all of a sudden she was like, you know what? I think we really should break up. And so, like, that was the, that was the setup. She, like, said, no. <laughs> that was the setup. She just wanted to kind of get it out to see what it sounded like and see how I take it. And everything, and then once I was already cool with it, she was like, "Yeah, okay, that's a good idea." And then oh, all of a sudden, I was man. like, "I was like, wait, hold on, this is for real? I thought we were just joking." Yeah, well, we were, but we're not now. <laughs> Jokes on you. <laughs> yeah, that's that. It's not me. It's not you. It's me. You know what I mean? That's when you get hit with the, it's not. It's not you. It's me type situation. But yeah, I got. I got got good. Cheryl got me good a couple times. I man. don't want to derail the show, but I got so many more questions. How did the homies? Did they like start clowning on you? Was no. it like, dang man, what, what happened? At first, they felt bad. You know, when when the it was just a joke still, and I say that in air quotes. When it was just a joke, they felt bad because you know I was kind of. I was acting it up a little bit, like my feelings were really hurt. But then after, it was really official, and then I really got mad. <laughs> oh no, you remember that Usher video? It was like, hold on, quit playing. Yeah. You for real? Right. Put I, that was on like, I was like, wait a minute, what in the wait, how, how do we go from this being a joke to this being a real deal? So then after we hung up, then I was like cussing her up and down the street. You know what I mean? I'm just like, I'm like, nah, but she told me it was just a joke and this and that. You know, I, mean, I was I was hot. And then it was it was more funny. <laughs> it was more funny. And they said, well, Q, you just helped her break up with you. And I was like, yeah, I guess so. So then everyone in the house started making fun of me. And my buddy Chris, his sister started making fun of me. His mom started making fun of me. Like everyone started yeah. making fun of me. It ended up being jokes on me. But that's all right. I made it. I made it out alive. I was okay. But yeah, Cheryl, what I'm thinking about, Cheryl got me a couple times. <laughs> Cheryl made me drive all the way or ride my bike, all the, not my bike, made me ride a bike all the way to Livermore just to stand me up. And she broke up with me as a joke to really break up with me, man. She did me wrong. No wonder I'm the way I am today, man. She must have <laughs> scarred me and I didn't know it. Damn. This is, a villain, this is a villain origin story right here. Yo, Cheryl, she caused it. Man. That's a funny one. Though. All the, everything, everything just come, comes full circle now, right? Now I know the answers. I know all the reasons. It's all blame Cheryl. <laughs> I'm going to tell the wife that tonight when she tells me something. <laughs> she's going to go over green. She's, I know. Uh, <laughs> you remember Cheryl? <laughs> she's going to say something. I'll be like, you know what, wife? The reason I'm the way I am is because of Cheryl. And she's going to say, who the hell is Cheryl? 
and then I'll have to tell the story, and then I'll probably really get in trouble. Then I'll be calling DeMond, like, hey, dog. Yeah, this dinner's nice and all. <laughs> but, you know, I just brought it up, and you know, Cheryl. That's so funny. Over 20 years ago, but you know what? Just thought about it. Man, I'm telling you. Anyway, so get back to the subject. Now that I've I've gone down memory lane, heartbreak heartbreak lane, I do want to know a player that you would like to see the Raiders put a ring on it with, and one you'd like to see them break up with. Six nine one eight seven keyword R and R. That's the Salmon Ash text line. Make sure you hit up salmonash.com because you deserve what's right. Uh, got one already. Breakup player Jonathan Abram need a safety that can cover when asked. Mary Hayward Jr. Another guy would be Zay Jones. Uh, that's from S. Jonas NFL Photos. Uh, so how about that? Jonathan Abram breakup. I can see that. I can actually see that happening. He's, that was going to be my pick, to be honest. Was it? And I feel like I got to get a new one. No, no. I mean, you don't. I mean, it could be it could be the one that stands out to you the most. And, and the reason why I could see that one coming, I thought with Gus Bradley's defense that he was a better fit in the role he was playing before he got hurt. Now, I don't know how he fits in Patrick Graham's defense if he fits in there, and they got to make an, a, a, a decision on his fifth-year option. So I could see the breakup coming there. I could totally see that. Yeah, it just makes the logical sense. And it's one of those, the play just isn't worth it. The juice isn't worth the squeeze. That big play, that big hitting safety, it's just not working. And you got to try to win the division. And, and it seems, in the, when, again, the Chiefs matchup, excuse me, right. that he's bad against like, oh, yeah. the main they team that you need him. to beat in the division. They look for him. Yeah, they do. No doubt about it. And again, that's not trying to be disrespectful to his ability. It's just that there's certain matchups that are bad. That's a bad matchup for him. There's no doubt. And you're right. The Chiefs are the team that Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler and Patrick Graham and the rest of the Raiders need to figure out how to consistently beat. Not beat once every four or five years. Not once, you know, every two or three seasons. They've got to find a way to consistently beat them if they're going to be real deal players. So I like that. As far as Mary Hayward Jr., I might date him a little bit longer. You know what I mean? I might, I might, yeah. I might try to try to date him just a little bit longer before I put a ring on it. Just because he's a little bit older. He had a really good year. John McClain always says it's all about the money. You know, when, when players have their big contract years, you know, a lot of times they play a little bit better. So I might, I might, I might try to date him just a little bit longer before I actually put a ring on it. But I understand, I understand where you're coming from. My concern is, it's not even a concern. I just kind of look at it in the same situation as Nelson Aguilar from a year ago. You know, he, he played really well with Derek Carr, played really well. And then New England went out there and threw a, a boatload of money at him, and he just did all right. You know, so I don't know if it's that time to go ahead and give him that big deal. If some other team is willing to give him a three-year, $15, 16 $18 million deal, cool. Go do it. Go, go get that money. I would never begrudge anyone for getting their money, but I don't know if that's smart money right now for the Raiders, if that makes sense. And then it also, like the same thing about Abram, he fit in Gus Bradley's system. Hayward was one of those guys. Right. Oh, Gus, he's a Gus Bradley guy. Yep. He's going to come in, and he's just going to pick it up like clockwork, and it turned out that was right. But how does he transfer over into another system? Right, you know, and that, that could – he easily could end up being a guy that ends up in Indianapolis, could end up with the Colts. I could easily see that. I could see him ending up in a, a place like Dallas with uh, with Dan Quinn and, and that system. I mean, I, there's there's certain things that that this team and, and this, uh, this coaching staff is obviously going to have to evaluate the roster, go up and down it, and figure out exactly who fits and who doesn't. And that will help answer the question of who you marry and who you break up with. But just want to get an early idea from you uh, as, uh, as it's now officially the offseason for the whole NFL, all 32 teams. 702-365-9200. That is the Raider Nation listener line. Who do we have up first, Damon? Fargo Raider. Fargo! What's on your mind, brother? Hey, Q. Damon, how you guys doing today? Chilling, man. Chilling. That's what I like to hear. 
Glad that you got back safe uh, and you got some new gear. I'm gonna have to say if I'm gonna if I'm gonna divorce somebody, I'm I'm gonna go with Littleton. Although his dead money's through the roof. I mean, at this point, dude's just wasting a roster spot because he ain't never seen the field. And when he does, he's not contributing anything. And I'm gonna say Mary Max. That man's gonna be a beast for years to come if he continues this upward trend. And that's a guy that you can't afford to lose. We dropped the ball on the Khalil Mack situation, and we can't have a repeat of that. I, I, I'm sorry I even had to say the name, but, you know, <laughs> that's something we got to look at. Right, you right. Guys have a good one. Thank you for taking my call. Hey, great call, man. I do appreciate you. And, yeah, it took me some time to, to be able to say Khalil Mack's name. I used to call him Agent 52 just because it was it was painful. Uh, that was a that was a big-time loss uh, for the Raiders, but uh, we all know how that shook out. But, yeah, that's a great one, Fargo. Uh, Max Crosby, he's definitely a guy that you should put a ring on it, and he's a guy that only has a four-year contract. So he just finished three years. He's going into the final year of his deal. I do believe that they need to get something done with him before the season starts. I just, I just do. If, if they go into the season and let him play his final year out and he goes out and has a season just similar to what he had this year, it's going to cost him way more. Oh, yeah, an all-pro defensive end, you're not going to – that guy, I think his contract's like under a million, at a million right now. Right. And it's just, yeah, that, that guy, that's a premium talent right there. Think about the Khalil Mack trade because everybody, what, oh, they didn't want to pay him that much. Well, you got to pay the guy this much right? this time around. Right. No, I agree. I agree 100%. Ernie hit me up on Twitter. Break up with Littleton, Mary Hunter. And that's another one, too. Hunter Renfro. Especially you think about Josh McDaniels, you think about his offense, you think about what he's able to do with slot receivers. Why wouldn't you want to? to make sure that you keep Hunter Renfro in the mix. I mean, Hunter Renfro has shown what he was able to do this year as really the de facto number one wide receiver and where he shouldn't have to be the number one wide receiver, but he was the one that got the most targets. He was the one that came up with the most yards. I mean, he ended up being that guy. Again, I don't think he needs to be number one, but he showed what he can do as a number one. And so, yeah, you definitely, Ernie, that's a great one. Uh, thank you for that tweet. I do appreciate you. Uh, I got some more texts on the Salmon Ash text line at 69187, keyword R&R. And as I mentioned, want to hear from you on the Raider Nation listener line at 702-365-9200. Uh, East Bay Raider Gray said a player to marry, Josh Jacobs, a player to hit the road, Corey Littleton. So Corey Littleton's been catching some strays. <laughs> Corey Littleton's ears are, are, are burning. But look, it's deservedly one, so. I mean, I'm about to say, it's one of those things. It just hasn't been a fit. You know, he's a talented dude. He was a very talented guy in L.A. with the Rams. There was a reason why the Raiders wanted to go get him. No doubt about that. It just hasn't worked out with the Raiders. And sometimes that's how it is. That's how free agency goes. Sometimes you hit on guys. A lot of times you don't. It's real simple. You know what? Now that I think about it, because it was one of those like, oh, he's played so well for the Rams. I've never heard anyone say, why don't the Rams let him walk? Right. Hmm. And that happens a lot. That happens a lot. You know, a lot of times teams will let a guy go, and then it's very rare that you hear people from that team or, or fans of that team say, man, if we only had that player back, it'd be great. It doesn't happen that often. Free agency, a lot of times, is fool's gold. You know, sometimes you get a, a really good player. Like when the Raiders went out and made the move for Kelechi Osemele. Really good player. Got him in free agency uh, for the Baltimore Ravens, and he fit in that, in that mold for a while until he didn't. And then they switched some things up, and then he wasn't a fit anymore, and, and now he's out. But I thought that that was a really good free agent pickup. Trent Brown was supposed to be that guy. Never worked out to be. When he was in there, great. Just wasn't in there enough. You know, it's very rare that the big-time free agent, you know, gets really work out in a major way. Like um, um, Hendrickson, Trey Hendrickson, excuse me, for the Cincinnati Bengals. They gave him a nice free agent deal. And guess what? He came through like a million bucks. That was a really good free agent pickup. 
So they're out there. Don't get me wrong. They're out there. They could be had. But a lot of times, if you go back and look through the history of free agency, a team will spend a boatload of money and they'll get, eh, they'll get mixed results. Or some some teams, it'll work out. Other teams, it's like, eh, not so much. Well, I think the Bengals are the example of that because I remember the graphic from last night's game. Eight of their defensive starters weren't on the team at least two seasons ago. Mm-hmm. Some guys they got them at least two seasons ago, or most of them last season or this season. So it's just, right. hey man, they two seasons with the Joe Burrow list era. They were able to rebuild their defense and get in eight new starters, and look at that, in the right. Super Bowl. Yeah, quick, fast, and in a hurry. I like that. Good but Eli point. Apple. <laughs> He's one of those guys. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I might have took a little bit of joy in seeing Eli Apple get roasted. <laughs> I did, too. I had to bring it up. <laughs> I mean, I almost feel a little bit uh, you know, relieved that he really wasn't that guy because, boy, he sure was talking some mess when he got that interception against Tennessee. He was talking some noise, wasn't he? Oh, man, this dude was talking the most trash. He's going at other players and Other fans. cities. Yo, man. New Orleans, New Orleans Yeah, the worst fan base Oh man, I'm so glad he got his come up and ooh. Yeah, when he got when he was getting ripped on Twitter and and just I mean every time I saw him get burned on Sunday I thought, yeah, yeah, that's that's the Eli Apple I I uh, I remember. And then like towards that last 2 minutes of the game where it felt like he just kept holding Cooper Cup. Right. Eventually I was like, "Bro, just let him score. You're hurting your <laughs> offense at this point." Cuz if you keep holding and then they just like, "Hey, a minute, like another like right. they're not going to get the ball back with any time." Right. Cuz you keep holding. He, yeah, and you know, I'll say this though and and I don't blame officials for games at all. I, I'm not going to be that guy guy. Uh, I, I don't like the fact that they didn't call anything throughout the whole game and then all of a sudden when, when it gets down to to you know nut crunching time all of a sudden they decide that hey, yeah, let's blow the whistle here. Now I'm not saying that they weren't penalties but I just thought man why, why now? Why now? Speaking of penalties that first one for the Bengals the dude who was inactive who ran out onto the field. Vernon. Oh, man. I Mother effing Hargraves. I looked at him. I was just Former like, Tennessee Titan. <laughs> that'd, probably, that'd probably be me. You get caught up in the moment. We did it. We, How do yo. you get caught up in the moment? You're not a rookie. Yo, Vernon like, Hargraves has been around for a minute. He had the ditty. I saw somebody caption it all up in the video. Right. Because he made sure to get into the camera shot. Who drafted him? Tampa Bay. And then he went to, then he went to Tennessee, didn't he? I know he spent a minute in Houston. Now he's in Cincinnati. I wouldn't even let that dude get on the bus. I'd have told him, you better find your own way back to Cincinnati, homeboy. I, I, then he, he, he was he yeah, was, he's drafted by Tampa. And then he went to Tennessee? 11th overall. Right, exactly. Out of uh, Florida, right? He was out of Florida? I, I, I never was sold on him. Yep, out of Florida? Right. Nobody went to Houston. Okay, then he went to Tennessee. No, never in Tennessee. He never went to Tennessee? Okay, my bad. I'm, I'm putting I'm putting salt on your team. Yeah, my, my Tampa, bad. Houston, and then Cincinnati. Okay, there you go. Well, yeah, Vernon Hargraves. I was never sold on that dude when he was in the draft on the on the come up when they said he's one of the best DBs in the draft. I did not think that. Still don't believe that. And now he went out and made that kind of mistake. And I mean, when I saw him out there, I thought, what are what are you doing? Like, what made him think at that moment we it was cool it. to run off the sideline and be in the end zone celebrating with? His, what made him think that was okay? We a team. Come on, we all can't celebrate. We aren't all dressed. <laughs> we all ain't in uniform. No. Keep your undressed self on the sideline where you belong. Well, you know what? That's the NFL's fault for letting the guys just everybody run into the end zone after an interception's called. He probably didn't even know that was rule. Like in the NBA, you step off the bench, you yeah. suspend it. He didn't even know. Well, like I said, Cincinnati, <laughs> if they were smart, they'd have left him in L.A. Go on and find your own way back, homeboy. <laughs> Yeah, but I was like, yo, that would have been me. 
Yeah, I'm that, just so caught up in the moment. We did it. That was that was bad. That was bad. One. Got another text from East Bay Raider Gray that I've uh, been having this conversation. I just did a little radio hit with my guy CK out in Fresno. Uh, he just hit me up a little while ago and was talking about this. And so I want to bring this to the table as well. East Bay Raider Gray said, why can't we do what the Rams do? Trade some high round draft picks. Draft is a gamble anyway. Make some good picks in the later rounds and get a few well-chosen big free agents to fill holes. We got the cap room. One plus million or more. Let's go for the future now and I and make a run for the next four years. That's from East Bay Raider Gray. Uh, I like that thought. I really do. But when you go and trade those draft picks, you better hit on on the ones later in the round, and you better make sure, like I just said, free agency is not always a, a guarantee. You better make sure that those are the guys. Like they went out and made the move for Jalen Ramsey. Great move. Fantastic. They went out and made the move for Matt Stafford. I'm still not sold that Matt Stafford's elite. I know we've had this conversation. He won a Super Bowl ring. I'm cool with that. I don't think he's a Hall of Famer now. I was about to say, you want to have the sports radio conversation? I don't think he's a Hall of Famer. Is because Matt that, Stafford a Hall of Famer? I don't think so. We'll take your call. I don't think he is. But some people apparently do. We've heard that conversation. I heard that conversation leading up to the Super Bowl. I heard it on Radio Row. I don't see that. Padded those stats enough. I guess. He's got the regular season numbers from But how, I mean, if stats. you've watched the course of his career, does anything tell you Hall of Fame? Anything. Oh, no, nothing. I mean, Trent Dilfer has a Super Bowl ring. Joe Flacco has a Super Bowl ring, but they're not Hall of Famers. But they don't have the padding of the numbers that he has. They weren't out here leading the league in completions like four years in a row, just throwing up ducks. Well, he threw up a couple ducks on Sunday. It got intercepted, and lucky for the Rams, he threw up those ducks early in the game and uh, was able to – the first one I wasn't mad at. Actually, both of them weren't really that bad because the second one was a tip ball. The first one was like a glorified punt. So I really wasn't really mad at that one, even though it was severely underthrown. But it was it was basically like, hey, we're going to throw up a punt. And then stupid Vernon Hargraves runs off the sideline. So actually, it, tur- it worked out really well for the Rams. It backed him up to the 10-yard line. I couldn't believe that, man. If I, I could have <laughs> choked that dude. I bet you the coach uh, I bet you the coach was looking around like, where's Latrell Sprewell when I need him? <laughs> Someone go choke that guy. Gosh. I just threw dirt on Spree's name. That's cold. You know, dude, a, a dude's minding his business. He ain't done nothing in forever. It was one incident, man. You cho- you, <laughs> you choked the coach one time. People and won't never, let you live it never down. let you forget it. Never let you forget it. He's yeah. having a bad day. Yeah, he had a bad day. All right. <laughs> Rest of the career turned out. Pretty- I was a Spreewell fan. That's why. That's why it really hurt me. I was a big Latrell Spreewell fan, and that dude went to New York and played pretty well. And they gave him a contract offer, and he said, "I got to take care of my family. I can't take that offer." And man, that dude never got a contract extension again, ever. And got some rims to spin, though. Got some spree wheels. Unbelievable. 2.26 is the time. When we come back, Tyler Dragon, sports reporter from USA Today's Sports Plus, he'll join us to talk all things Super Bowl 56 as he's still making his way out of L.A., about to head back to Phoenix, Arizona, where he makes his residence. We'll talk to Tyler. We'll do it next here on Unnecessary Roughness on Radio Nation Radio 920. That was the opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. Joining us now on the phone lines to talk about Super Bowl 56, talk about the Cincinnati Bengals and the Rams, what they were able to do is my guy Tyler Dragon. You can find him on USA Today's Sports Plus on Twitter at the Tyler Dragon. And Tyler, thank you so much 
for your time this afternoon and wanted to get your thoughts. You covered the Cincinnati Bengals for a very long time and in a, in a very short amount of time, in two years, as a matter of fact, they go from uh, winning two games to being in the Super Bowl. Is the recipe that they put together, the way they put that team together, is that something that other teams could do or do you think that they kind of caught lightning in the bottle? Well, it's probably a little bit of both, to be honest with you. Not all teams are fortunate enough to have the number one overall pick and have that uh, quarterback really hit in uh, Joe Burrow. And then, I mean, teams can invest and really be aggressive in free agency like the Bengals were. They spent over $100 million in the last two free agency periods signing key free agents like a DJ Reader, like a Trey Hendrickson, like a Von Bell, and those free agents really, really played well uh, for the Bengals. And then the, uh, in the last year's draft, you draft a guy like Jamar Chase, and he had a, a rookie of the year uh, season. So, you know, the Bengals really hit on their free agents and their draft picks. And, you know, that's hard to do, but credit to Duke Tobin, who was basically their de facto GM, and Zach Taylor for having a plan, having a blueprint, and formalizing it. And it proved to be successful. They were just a minute and, what, 30 seconds away from winning a Super Bowl championship. It's just that uh, Matthew Stafford, Cooper Cup, and Aaron Donald, uh, they were probably the best three players on the field, especially uh, Donald and Cooper Cup. Yeah, especially down the stretch when uh, they needed to have it the most. Aaron Donald really stepped up and, and put his will on the Cincinnati Bengals. Now, as far as them being in the Super Bowl, I mean, I kept waiting and watching them from a distance. Like, okay, this is a nice team. They have some nice pieces, but the other shoe's going to drop at some point, but it never did. How much do you feel like they might have overachieved this year? Or do you think that, hey, this is sustainable for this team? Well, uh, that is a good question. I do. I think a little bit they did overachieve. And, you know, when you make it to the Super Bowl, luck has to be involved. There was luck on the Rams' side. You know, with the Bengals, uh, they were a healthy team. You look at the Baltimore Ravens, they were the walking wounded. Uh, a lot of people picked them to win the AFC North entering the season. They're going to be back with a vengeance next year. You have to believe the Cleveland Browns uh, aren't going to be quiet this offseason. Uh, we know Pittsburgh has some, uh, you know, question marks at QB, but, you know, the, the Bengals really did hit some lightning in the bottle, but you have to credit those players performed when they needed to, and they achieved, they earned all their success. They went up to Tennessee and beat the number one seed, Tennessee Titans. Then to follow that up, they were on the road again in Kansas City and beat the team that many expected to win the Super Bowl. So, you have to give the Bengals credit because they beat who was in front of them. They uh, were lucky with because they stayed healthy for most of the season, and their key players really all played well in the postseason. Jesse Bates at safety, Joe Burrow played good. The defense was playing outstanding, and Jamar Chase was arguably uh, probably the second-best receiver in the postseason behind Cooper Cup. Yeah, no, he really was. And I'm sure that, uh, Tyler, it's safe to say that in the offseason, uh, the draft and free agency, the Bengals are going to do everything they can to get that offensive line fixed. Because, again, with that offensive line, if they don't give up seven sacks, there's a good chance Cincinnati wins that Super Bowl. Oh, yeah. I mean, Joe Burrow was sacked 
70 times Man. this season, regular season, and including the playoffs. That's the third most in NFL history. You, you have to be able to protect your quarterback. Priority number one for the Bengals this offseason is <laughs> upgrading that offensive line. And really, you can look at players across the board from tackle to guard to center. Uh, the Bengals have to upgrade their offensive line because Joe Burrow is the head of the snake. He's the key to the franchise and the uh, player that they need to have success, and he cannot be underground 70 times uh, for the Bengals to win because, as we all remember, he didn't uh, play his uh, entire rookie season because he suffered a major knee injury. And if he continues to take this type of pounding, he won't be able to uh, be in this league long because he's taking entirely too many hits. Absolutely. No doubt about it. We're talking right now with Tyler Dragon here on Raider Nation Radio 920. And I wanted to ask you this, kind of bring it closer to home, because the Raiders are a team that lost to Cincinnati in the playoffs, but they're a 10-win team. They went to the playoffs. They got a new head coach. You don't normally see that uh, in the league when a new a new head coach comes in. It's usually with a bad team. But how much do you think Josh McDaniels may be able to take the success that the Raiders had, the quarterback that's already in place in Derek Carr, and build off that for the upcoming season? I think, you know, the main thing with uh, McDaniels is he learned from his mistakes in Denver. He went back to New England, kind of learned some more. It was reflective under Bill Belichick and really got to see what he can do to become a better head coach in his second time around. So I do think this it was a good hire for the Raiders organization. And the Raiders, I, I have them as a team that probably couldn't enter the playoffs again next year. Now, they have the likes of, obviously, the Kansas City Chiefs, and don't sleep on those L.A. Chargers because they probably have the second-best quarterback in the division. But the Raiders, that they could possibly be a playoff team in the AFC again next year. And, you know, I know that the season has just come to a close. Obviously, the, the Super, <laughs> Super Bowl uh, losses is still fresh for Cincinnati. But uh, kind of wanted to know the thoughts on, on the coach, not the coaching carousel, the quarterback carousel. Do you believe there's going to be a real deal quarterback carousel this offseason? Oh, man, I hope not because I want some sort of a break. But <laughs> Right. Uh, man, if uh, I can see Aaron Rodgers staying in Green Bay. I think he wanted, you know, the Packers to act – to some of his concessions, and all reports are out that you know Green Bay is willing to invest uh, in you know upgrading their roster. And you know, as far as you know, Russell Wilson, uh, I do think that that might be a quarterback that could be on the move. Hmm. Um, I know the Tampa Bay Buccaneers—they're going to be aggressive in trying to get a quarterback. The New Orleans Saints—they're going to be aggressive in trying to get a quarterback. And the 49ers are actively going to try to trade uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, and I wouldn't uh, be surprised if they trade him in the very uh, near future. So there's going to be some quarterback movement, but Aaron Rodgers, I think he is staying put. And Russell Wilson, if I had to bet, I think he's staying put too. So the the two biggest dominoes, I think, will be staying uh, at their respective teams. But there's going to be a little bit of 
discuss quarterback movement around the NFL. Well, you know, everyone in Raider Nation is watching to see what happens with Aaron Rodgers since all the conversations about him going to Denver. Could you imagine a division with Justin Herbert, Patrick Mahomes, Derek Carr, and Aaron Rodgers all in the same division? Like, no thanks. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. And, and that might be the reason why Aaron Rodgers decides not to go to right. Denver. But, yeah, that would be the best quarterback division in football by a mile. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, that- <laughs> 100%. And Tyler, <laughs> I know you're a, a West Coast guy like myself, uh, both from the 559. What did you think of the halftime show yesterday? Oh, man. I, I was probably one of the only ones dancing in the press box. Now, everybody was <laughs> nodding their head, but I had to dance a little bit because I grew up listening to Snoop Dogg, Dre, mm-hmm. Kendrick Lamar is my favorite rapper alive. I mean, it was just an amazing halftime show easily one of the best of all time no i agree 100 percent. but who was your favorite artist that stood out to you in that performance on sunday was it kendrick uh kendrick just because i'm I'm such a fan of kendrick lamar but i mean mary j blige you know she's not a west Coaster. she was amazing during that performance so she was probably second on my list and then of course you have to give it to snoop and dre i mean they were the headliners of, of the, that performance, and they, they showed out, definitely. No, they really did, but Mary J. was my favorite one as well. We saw Hurt Mary, uh, and, and Hurt Mary is great. You know what I mean? And no, <laughs> nobody yeah. wants Mary to be hurt, but everyone wants Mary to be hurt because, man, she puts out the best stuff when she's going through it. And so that was, that was good to see that uh, from her yesterday and, and as well as the rest of the performance. I was very impressed by what we saw. And I, I just got a couple more questions for you as far as hosting Super Bowls. The Rams now have hosted the Super Bowl and won. Tampa Bay hosted the Super Bowl and won. Do you think we're going to start to see this more often? The next couple seasons, you know where I'm going, Arizona and Las Vegas, the next couple seasons, what are you thinking? <laughs> yeah, I know exactly where you're going with that one. I, I, I don't anticipate the Cardinals being in the Super Bowl uh, next year. They have their own quarterback drama going on right now, but when, when you're in a division with – the Super Bowl champs, the Rams, and then, you know, you have the Seahawks and the 49ers who are in the NFC Championship game. I, I don't anticipate the Cardinals playing in the Super Bowl in their home stadium. And, you know, for the Las Vegas Raiders, we're still a couple years out. So, I, I mean, it's hard to uh, make a prediction two years, years out. But, you know, the Raiders, if, if they continue in this, in this trend, they are trending up. You, you never know. They might host the Super Bowl uh, in Las Vegas, and that would be crazy. <laughs> no, it really would be. It, it really would. And, you know, it's funny. I started off just thinking what kind of halftime performance could be at the at the game at Allegiant Stadium, and then it started making me think, like, well, why can't the team just go ahead and host the Super Bowl while they're at it? You know, just go ahead and have a little bit of fun while they're at it and enjoy the last game of the season. But, again, that's up to them. They've got to put in the work and, and get all the right pieces in place. And so, Tyler, before I let you go, man, uh, that you said the, the quarterback carousel kind of looking at that. Is there any bigger uh, offseason storyline that you'll be looking forward to now that we're officially into the offseason? Well, it is a quarterback-driven league, so I'm definitely, you know, interested to see where these quarterbacks uh, wind up. And, you know, I also want to see what happens to, you know, some of the key free agents of the skill position. Devontae Adams is, are the Green Bay Packers going to franchise him? You know, a key player for the Bengals, Jesse Bates, uh, is a free agent coming. Oh, and not to mention the best overall football player in the world, and he showed it last night, Aaron Donald's contemplating retirement 
Right. So that's one of the number one storylines uh, heading into the offseason, too, is the best defensive player, the number one overall player in football, going to call it quits. And if he does, he's going to call it quits on top as the best player in the NFL. It's hard to imagine Aaron Donald retiring after last night, but he's definitely contemplating retirement. So those are some of the key storylines I'm watching out for. Wouldn't that be something special as well since he impacted in a major way the last two plays of the game? You know what I mean? Like. That would be a way to go out is uh, is impact the game the way he did the last couple of plays, ultimately win the game for the Rams and then say, all right, deuces, I'm done. <laughs> Just, yeah, that, that, would, that would be like Jordan S. from the Bulls. Not the Wizards, Jordan, but right. that final shot with the Bulls against the Utah Jazz. That, that would be a Jordan S. type of moment and ending. No doubt about it. Well, Tyler, what do you have coming out on USA Today Sports Plus that uh, we could be on the lookout for? Yeah, I actually have a column on uh, Aaron Donald and how he has just emerged as obviously the best overall player in football, especially after last night's performance. And another column coming out today about the Cincinnati Bengals and how despite the loss, they are still, they should still hold their heads up high because nobody, and I mean nobody, outside that locker room expected them to reach the Super Bowl, including myself. So they should be pleased about what they accomplished this season. It was really an improbable Cinderella-type story. You know, right, it sure was. <laughs> Absolutely, no doubt about it. You can find Tyler on Twitter, at TheTylerDragon, and uh, here with us on Unnecessary Roughness. And Tyler, thank you so much for your time, my man. Have safe travels. I appreciate you. We'll talk soon. Thanks so much for having me on. Have a great day. Will appreciate do. It. Absolutely. Will do, my man. All right, bye. See ya. There he goes right there. That's Tyler Dragon from uh, USA Today. Does a fantastic job covering the NFL, and he used to cover the Cincinnati Bengals exclusively, but now does a whole job, or a great job covering the whole NFL uh, in general. Coming up next, when we return, I want to hear from you about uh, the halftime show. I want to get DeMond's thoughts on the halftime show. Did he like it? Did he love it? Did he hate it? There's some folks out there that didn't like it. I think I've been very adamant that I enjoyed it, but uh, we'll break down the halftime show, and we'll also tell you what the Raiders' odds are for next year to win the Super Bowl. What are the guys in the deserts talking about? We'll do all that next as we close out hour number one of Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. It's Unnecessary Roughness. The judge, Lester Hayes, joining us now. That's YQ. Of course, our team kept winning. Kept winning, Q, because of our training. You got to put in the work and the time and the perseverance and the patience to train your body and train your brain. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q. I'm in the big just dough. My knees getting weak and my gun might blow, but we gon' be alright, alright. In the spirit of Valentine's Day, I'm looking for one player you'd like to see the Raiders put a, a ring on it, a player that the Raiders should marry, and one player you'd like to see them break up with. 702-365-9200. That's the Raider Nation listener line. Sam and Ash text line is wide open like some old school TV antenna. 69187, keyword r This unnecessary roughness. Raider Nation Radio 920. Got a couple good text messages here. How about this one from Sir Whiskey Ray? Q, it's Valentine's Day, and I'm lonely and sad. I deeply regret what happened many years back. Remember, it's me and not you. Can I take you away, my love? Sincerely, Cheryl from Livermore. <laughs> Cheryl's the gift that keeps yeah. on giving. Man. 
Let's pretend that we break up. Good old, yeah, man. I, I sure did fall for the okie doke, though. I'd be like, let's pretend you right. give me your money. Right. <laughs> Wouldn't that be funny? Guess it's like you just got robbed in. Right. <laughs> hey, man, let's just pretend that I'm jacking you and that you yeah. don't. Let's see how everybody Maybe is. that's what the guy in LA thought when he took my backpack. Hey, let's just pretend like you're going to give me your, your, your laptop and your headphones. And pretend I don't come back with it. And pretend that everybody else already know about it, too. Right. So I can just walk out. Everybody's in on it. Yeah. Yeah, that worked out well for me. Thank you for that, Sir Whiskey Wrath. I appreciate you. Got one here from Raider Russell. Divorce Brandon Parker. Marry Max Crosby. You know, I I, I like that one. Great one. I Mm -hmm. think that Brandon Parker is a really good backup. I think he's good depth. I do not think he's a starter. They have got to figure out for the longest time that right tackle position has been a problem. I mean, it really has. It's been a major, major problem. I mean, there's a reason why the Raiders went out there and spent all the money on Trent Brown because they thought, hey, this is going to solidify that position, and it just never worked out. Remember, they moved, the, they moved Donald Penn from left tackle to right tackle, thinking that was going to help solve it after Colton Miller was drafted. That didn't help. They've had so many guys man that position. At one point, DeMond, if you were a little bit taller, they'd probably have you there. I mean, there's just it's been so many different people trying to man that position. Obviously, they went out and drafted Leatherwood to be that guy. Uh, I think he's going to be a guard at best. I, I just think that everyone needs to come to the conclusion that that was not a good pick at 17 overall. Again, no disrespect, but it just wasn't the good, the best pick at 17 overall. He's a probably going to be a good guard, but he's not a good tackle. I think that's, I think that's his bottom line. Now, maybe he'll go into the offseason. He'll work with the new offensive line coach that they have, and maybe he'll improve. And then I'll be pleasantly surprised. That's fine. I, I, and I'll come on the radio and say, hey, I was wrong. My bad. But right now, I think he's a really good guard. I think he's a good guard with the potential to be a really good guard. Let's put it out there like that. How about Just Win Wendy? She hit us up on the Salmon Ash text line. Q, just left work. I'm on my way to Oakland for the Madden Memorial. I'll post photos. It's sad to go to the stadium again, but happy to be able to celebrate with Raider Nation. Breakup with number 42. You just never got good penetration. <laughs> and singing. Hey, you what? <laughs> I don't even know if that's legal. I don't even know if I was supposed to say that or not. Maybe that's why she put it in uh, parentheses. My bad. You know what happens. I read what I see. Oh, and then she says, stay with me. Casey Hayward. Just win Wendy. That was good. I like how she put those together. So she's talking about 42, talking about Corey Littleton, and then talking about Casey Hayward. And I love the way that she worded it. That was good wordplay, Just win Wendy. Just win Wendy with the great wordplay. Probably the best wordplay of the day. FedEx Raider. Hey, shout out to FedEx Raider. Always got love for FedEx. Didn't you quit after a few weeks? No, I was good at FedEx. Oh. I was great. They were mad when I quit. Oh, I quit when I went to Texas to go back to do radio. My boss, Albert, who was a Rams fan. He, I, I got, you know, when you go and tell your boss that you're about to quit and you have to, and, and you know that they're going to be a little upset. I was like, hey, man, uh, you got a couple minutes to talk? And he goes, yeah, man, you're not about to tell me you're going to quit, are you? And I was like, well, damn. <laughs> Making it easy for me. Yeah, I was like, you didn't have to guess. I mean, you could at least let me tell you. Oh, come on, Q, man. Come on. We just got this solidified. I was like, I know. I know. But no, I was good at FedEx. Everyone liked me on that route. The only people who didn't like me were the owners of the businesses that I went into and delivered to. Because as you imagine, I sit there and I'd start talking. And I'd hang out longer than I'm supposed to, especially when it was ladies that I was talking to. I met more ladies 
on the FedEx rail trail than I ever have in the club or anything working at any other job. I met more ladies at FedEx than ever. I actually had a guy ride up behind me one day and he'd be like, hey, man, you Q? I was like, yeah, I'm going to need you not to talk to Takia when you go into so-and-so, so-and-so. <laughs> I was like, what you talking about? She always comes home. She's talking about, oh, Q, the FedEx guy, Q this, Q that. Like, well, that sounds more like a you problem, not a me problem. <laughs> pulled up to the job. Nah, he pulled up on my on my route, man. He was in his car. I was driving the truck. I was driving the truck. He rolled up on me, man. And then every time, and he had a distinct car. It was a it was a light baby blue Cadillac, you know, old school. So every time I'd see him around town, he'd stare at me like like he was intimidating or something. I'm thinking, Doc, you're spending too much time with me. You need to spend time with her. That's why she's talking to me. He knows the route. <laughs> oh, he did. He knew my whole, I mean, it was the whole city of Tulare. I was I was running the whole city of Tulare, which, by the way, they're probably, probably listening. They'll be like, oh, I know who Takia is. <laughs> she work over on M Street. <laughs> that dude is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he was a big teddy bear. He was a big teddy bear. But anyway, FedEx Raider said, that's the only reason I watched the game, because of the halftime show. Also because of my, my bets, which I lost all of them. Dang, FedEx Raider. And uh, that's unfortunate. I'm glad you brought the halftime show, though, because I did want to talk about that before we kick into hour number two. What were your thoughts on the halftime show? I saw a couple tweets from you, but what were you thinking when you saw that performance? Especially oh. as a youngster. You That wasn't your heyday. Snoop and Dre wasn't your heyday. But see, I'm glad. That's why Dr. Dre, I feel like he didn't play anything before that 2001 album. You know, okay, California Love. Right. But he, you know, because I... If he would have played like Gin and Juice, him and Snoop, I think it would have been a little dated. Well, I mean, he still but played. But it still would have been some of the classics. Yeah. But I feel like none of these classics were like older. How old am I, 25? None of these classics <laughs> were like older than 25 years old. Well, I mean, he still had, you know, like, well, not Dre Day, but he did, da 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 you know, all that. I mean, that 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 was in that that same era. Okay, so two songs. But okay. everything else was like. You know, past two thousand. All right, all right. You know, but in Kendrick, you know, I was like, "Yo, yeah, I could have used Kendrick some more Kendrick." Was for you. Kendrick was for you, and also Anderson Pac on the drums. Okay. That was another one. Like, I don't know if you're familiar with his work, but he's another like Dre artist. Mm-hmm. And like, at least for him to put him on the drums, I was like, "Yo, if they would have given him a mic, right, I would have been happy with that too." You know what that was? A lot of people were saying that that was a West Coast tribute. What that was was really an Interscope Records exactly, tribute. Yeah, that was, was Interscope Dre. Records. Yeah, everyone who had something to do with Dre on Interscope, I could have done without Fifty. Me too. I, or, or let's call him 500. I could have done without 500. And honestly, my favorite artist in the halftime show was Mary J. Blige. Mary J. Blige, I thought, killed it. Absolutely. And then when she dropped herself, like a mic drop moment, fantastic. I saw, remember I asked, I wanted to see Hurt Mary. We literally saw Hurt Mary. I don't know if you saw up close. She had a big old huge bruise on her thigh. I don't no, know if you I saw it. No. Oh, man, I pointed that thing out during the performance. I was like, damn, she really is hurt. She got a big old bruise. Man. All that practicing. All that practicing, all that practicing. But I was, I was a big fan of what Mary did. Uh, M, I thought was great. Uh, Dre Ooh. Snoop, of course. You didn't like M? No, I'm just not the big. I knew lose yourself. I was like, we no, better I'm get. Not a- I was like, I know we about to get some mom spaghetti. You know, army recruited training music. I guess you know what I mean. <laughs> I, and I say this as like a guy who's like, I'm not the biggest Eminem fan, but I do know all the songs. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Just so, programmed in my brain, though. You know. Right. Good stuff. So, yeah, I just, I, again, I thought that the halftime show was really good. And it made me think obviously, the Super Bowl will be here in Vegas in two seasons. Super Bowl 58. Who would be, and I'll leave you with this, we'll take a break after this. Who would be a really good halftime show for Las Vegas? Think about that. 702 365 9207 text line 69187, keyword RNR. When we come back, we'll kick off hour number two of the show. Cover three NFL news and notes of the day. We'll scatter shoot around the league. This is Unnecessary Roughness on Radio Nation Radio 920.